Have you traveled? Have you done any travel lately? Um, yes, I went to Kenya to buy gemstones and Ooh. to meet. Um, there's some amazing gem dealers there. Oh, and amazing. they used to own the mines, some of the mines, but they um, get the raw stones in and they cut and facet polish. And they're really beautiful, really lovely stones. And I've been working with them for many years now. So it's been quite a journey. That's amazing. What kind of um, gemstones they source? So they're really um, lots of tourmalines. They've got mm. the most wonderful garnets, um, red, orangey red garnets, um, yellow sapphires. I got a lovely sort of unheated yellow sapphire, which was just in its natural state. Oh, wow. So no, they've, they've got a lot to look at. It was really good. I love that. I love that. Oh, that sounds like such a good experience. I've always been intrigued by the stories of people in the jewelry industry who make these items, what inspires them and brings them to this world. I'm here to share their stories. This is A Thousand Facets. Disa Osop was born in London, but growing up in Barbados gave her the direction of her beautiful jewelry, creating the wonderful textures and unique lines in her work. This talented artist works to create responsible practices with her designs. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Disa. Hi. How are you? I'm really well. Um, um, I'm working glad. hard. <laughs> You always work very hard, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah, I always like I love when you post like um videos of your processes and like you can see like you you love this so much. And I really yeah, I always do. Enjoy I it. do I need to do more of the, the processes and things, but yeah, no, I love actually designing and making jewelry, particularly rings. Um yeah. I love that because it's, I... it's on such a small scale. I know. I, um, I do love your rings a lot. <laughs> they're, they're like my <laughs> favorites. I cannot get over your rings. So I originally met you um in New York now. I saw yeah. I saw your works for the first time in New York now. And then I'm I, like, I, I saw your work and I was like, oh, this is beautiful. And then I look at you. I'm like, hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> and um <laughs> and I was like always taken with your work. I always look forward seeing you at the shows. I, you know, like I've, I've seen you in New York now. I've seen you at Millie. I've seen you at the Goldsmith Fair. And it's always a treat to see you whenever I, I, um, I go there. So it's, it's always fun to see, um, to see you there. Um, so can you tell me where do you grow up? Oh, so I was, I was born in London, Mm -hmm. but I grew up in Barbados. How old were you where you went to Barbados? I was about five, six. Oh, wow. Um, lived in Barbados. Um, went to, did some schooling there. And then went to, came to England to do A-levels. And uh, particularly interested in art. I always did lots of drawings and things. I used to make little toys when I was a child. Just little wooden things. Oh, really? um, Yeah, and make, I have always sort of, you know, 
made things. And I suppose, you know, growing up in Barbados too, you know, the colors are so vibrant and the sort of outdoor life was really lovely. Yeah. Um, lots of materials to play with and, you know, see how they work together. Can I ask you, how is the difference? Like, how is your, you know, like, if you have that memory of, like, going from London to Barbados, how was that, you know? <laughs> well, I did it, I did it um, in sort of stages. So after I did um, some schooling in England, I then um, applied to art college in London. And um, yes, it was very different, but... I really, I mean, it was really challenging and interesting being in a, a big city um, and, you know, being at doing, I did a foundation course first mm -hmm. and then I went on to do jewelry at Middlesex, which was, um, I think there were about, I can't remember, maybe 16 of us at the oh. time. And we were all, I mean, we had the most amazing equipment, amazing tutors, people like Pierre Degas, those makers. And it was a four-year course, so it was quite intense. Oh. Um, and we did lots of, you know, detailed technical things, plus the designing and the drawing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... It was just, we had lots of different projects, you know, and you had to think about the making of the piece plus the end product. How are you going to present it and sell it? Um, and then after that, I went back to Barbados. I set up a studio there. Oh, you did? And I made it. That was really challenging because you can't get any raw material there. So everything had to be brought in. I had to learn how to alloy metals and, oh, it's quite all equipment had to be brought in. I so know. it took quite a while to, to get things going. And I did a lot of um, repair work, which taught me quite a few things. I had to sometimes take shortcuts or do things in a different way because I didn't have the right tools. And it was it was it was a learning curve. Yeah. Um, which I did for a couple of years. And oh. then, so where were we? Um, so you were in Barbados and, and you were trying to get like all the raw materials. Oh, was... yes. So I, I, it, it was a real learning curve. And I, um, I learned a lot from doing repair work. And also because you can't buy a lot of equipment there, mm -hmm. I had to, change the way of working or work out a way of doing things slightly differently. And I think it forced me to, um, for example, finishes on metals and um, with gold and with silver and, you know, learning to do things slightly, um, maybe in a different way was, yeah. you know, still at college or something. So... After a couple of years, I left. I left Barbados and I came back to London and I had started selling in one or two galleries um, and I set up at the cockpit studios, mm. you know, in Holborn. Yeah. Um, 
So I had a workshop there I shared with two or three other people. Um, and it was really a good, good experience. You know, I made lots of contacts. I was able then to go to do the New York gift fair mm-hmm. where I met you, which was wonderful. Yeah. Um, and um, just able to show the work on a different scale to a different people. Yeah. Um, you know, I learned about wholesale and it was just really good making lots of contacts and selling in New yeah. York and meeting colleagues. It was it was good. Yeah, it's like I've seen you grow like little by little. You you um I don't know, it's like your work has like the same voice but it it, like it keeps expanding and you keep finding like gorgeous gemstones um can you tell me a little bit of how you found your voice because like one of my favorite things like and when I was like just going through your work it's like um do you have this ring that's called spaghetti ring which I love and then you have like a tag the tail and then you have like a very like food name so can you tell me a little bit about that well that that whole spaghetti ring started in Barbados because I oh, had really? some, yeah, I had some silver wire and I was playing around with it, you know, twisting it, trying to get texture on it. It's very fine wire. So it's one mil round wire. Mm. And I just wanted to have lots of rings together mm-hmm. without having separate pieces. And I started coiling the wire around bits of wood mm. so that it didn't like damage the metal yeah. um and it just seemed to happen that i managed to make that sort of style mm. and shape and then solder it together and it stayed as one ring so i th- then used thicker wire um so that i've got a, a thicker ring something more solid And from there, I then, I said, oh, let's, you know, spaghetti. And a friend said, oh, it looks like, you know, because <laughs> the wire looks like spaghetti. Yeah. So I just started to, to do that and then did it in different um, styles. So I would do half 18 karat gold, half sterling silver, join the wires together and then coil them. Um And then I added stones as well, um, faceted gemstones like citrines and peridots to add some color to the actual ring. Yeah. And then, um, you know, they just started to sell and I got more interest and one thing led to another. And then finally, I've started a couple of years ago doing them in all 18 karat gold, oh. but with scattering of diamonds So that also was a challenge to get to make the one ring out of such fine wire with yeah. the little diamonds on the top. So that was another sort of style of the same ring. I love that you that you you've kept that piece, but you keep evolving it and like really making the like it's it's one of your signature pieces for sure. It is, it but is. you know you you keep evolving it and making it new and making it uh like different. It's 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 very very exciting that you just don't 
didn't took just like one piece and it's like okay this is this is what i'm doing <laughs> yeah. i'm just gonna do like a hundred of them a thousand of them and whatever you keep evolving and you keep it keeps like for like doing the metaphor for metamorphosis of just like yeah. yeah i love that oh that's great thank you you know it's it it's it has um changed and then i thought why not make some earrings so we do um in the workshop we make um spaghetti earrings as well gold and silver mm -hmm. and then i did some necklaces with lots and lots of coils yes i remember yeah. those i really so i think those... they're so much fun <laughs> i haven't made yeah <laughs> and like and, and what about the tagliatelle what is the the inspiration of the tagliatelle because it's, it's thicker and it's flatter it But is yeah. yeah the inspiration for that is i Um, a chap came to the workshop and he wanted to buy a spaghetti ring for himself. Oh. His wife had one, but he wanted something thicker. Oh. So I thought, you know, if it's going to be, if he wants something thicker, let's really make a thicker one, which you can either texture the thicker round wire or mm. you can flatten it, hammer it, and then coil it yeah uh, it's harder to coil that thicker wire yeah but yeah it works it's the um you know he seems very pleased with it so okay. I thought I'd continue just to expand it really yeah um, so um I I think that's great because uh you know it, it's it just goes for whoever wants to wear it but it's also a unisex piece yeah which is great you know it's like there's so many men that will like to be wearing more jewelry and it's like really hard for them yes. to find something so you have that option for them which is yeah. great um so you travel a lot you like i and i heard through you know the the internet vine <laughs> that uh, one of the things that inspire you with jewelry is like you went to mexico can, yes. you, can you tell me a little bit about that So when I was um, 14 years old, um, I went with my parents to Mexico. I loved it. Oh, and I went to a town called Tasco. Yeah, which is and, big with silver. It's oh, like which was really amazing because you could hear this tap, tap, tap oh. a lot. And yeah. I kept thinking, what's that? And there were loads of um, lovely shops with the studio attached and people mm. were working in the back or they were working you could watch them work oh wow they were selling the finished pieces and i was really like taken with that and mm. it's mainly sil <clears throat> silver sorry yeah and they were doing big pieces as well silverware lovely big silver jugs and you know silver vases they were raising them up and putting a lot of nice texture and in some places they were adding turquoise mm -hmm. to the handles of the so I was very inspired by all of this and I remember saying to my my mother you know that's what I'd love to do I want to um you know work making things like that that would be great Um, so that was a real first inspiration for me. I, I, I think that, that really stayed in my mind. Yeah. 
And after you went to school and you did um, all your courses and everything, what was like when you graduated? What uh, like do you have like a final uh, thesis work and how did it look like? So um, what happened was before the final, I did a uh, I worked for goldsmiths in Chelsea, London, called oh. David, Thomas, and I worked with him for a little while, and I, I learned a lot about sort of you know particularly casting which I don't do any casting at the mm -hmm. moment but I learned a lots of different techniques um and it was a really good experience in the workshop uh the final year at Middlesex we had to put together I can't remember how many pieces but we had to show our sketchbooks how we from start to sort of finish mm. then we had um a display and it was in Covent Garden actually um they rented a, a place called Seven Dials I don't think the actual gallery exists anymore but we showed all of our work we took over the whole place it was a bit like a warehouse and we had showcases and we all dis displayed our work Um, to the public. And also we displayed some of the little working processes, you know, before the piece, this is what um, it was like as we got through to the final stages. Yeah. Um, so that was that. Um, after, after I'd finished at Middlesex, I went back to Barbados and I'd set up my studio. Yeah. I was there for about two years and then I came back to no I went to Edinburgh yeah. I did a postgrad jewelry in Edinburgh oh how was that that was amazing with Dorothy Hogg who is a she was a lovely tutor to have very inspirational and that was for one year mm. and after that we had a big exhibition at the college um, myself and Anna Gordon we did the postgrad course and From that, you know, it just seems that one thing happens, one thing leads to another. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I sort of set up a, a cockpit after that. And, you know. So uh, how do you, do you have like a really beautiful texture of your work? You know, like, uh, like your set rings have like this really, it's not hammer. It's just like a very textural work. How do you found that texture for yourself? That it, Because the, I feel like that's your voice. Like when I, when I think of your work, I think of this, of course, the spaghetti rings, but I also feel that texture is so you. Um, How do you came up with it? Well, what actually happened is that I keep all of the dust. Every time I make a ring, I keep, I, all my filings, any bits of metal that I've cut off, particularly gold, because it's so expensive at the moment. Yeah. So I, I keep a pot full of gold dust, 18 karat gold dust. I keep it as clean as possible. And I've worked out a way that if you sprinkle the dust on a brick, oh. soldering brick, you know, you need quite a bit of dust. You can melt it, and I've made little steel tools. I can control the shape and length of the metal with heat 
and using the tools. Oh. And it gives this sort of crunchy finished yeah. work. Sometimes I also, you know, I hammer and texture it, shape it, but it's mainly melted dust. Oh, but you that. have to really control it with the heat yeah. and otherwise it just becomes a ball and yeah. you don't <laughs> you yeah have, exactly it's like control really it's really like being able to control where the heat is on the on the dust and yeah. then pulling it through and how so, do you came up with that well again i think i i think that that happened while i was working in barbados because i couldn't just go and buy gold so yeah. I had to use every bit that I had. I had to make do with all the extra strips, the the filings and everything. And that is where I sort of thought of, you know, you've got to use it all. Um, and you can do it with silver as well. Yeah, no, it's it's wonderful. And it just gives it like this, like, like, antique like uh, like an uh, ancient feeling you know so it's like yeah. you feel like the wearer has been wearing that ring for hundreds of years in a way there's just like this beautiful finish to your work oh thanks <laughs> i just um it's just you know i'm also very interested in ancient jewelry yeah. old roman jewelry or you know greek jewelry and jewelry from all over it's the way they shaped things and you know used their hands to create you know different finishes and techniques it, which is yeah which is like amazing because it's like they didn't have that knowledge they just were testing pretty much exactly they didn't and often you know they didn't have a lot of tools they did lots of sand casting and yeah it was really really interesting yeah, I, I think I, I love it. I, I, I love your work. I love your the use of large stones that you have. Like, um, can you tell me what ins what what was your inspiration to because you have a wonderful taste in gemstones? Like it's always every oh. time that I that I see <laughs> your work, I, you know that I always go for like the biggest and the, yeah. the, the most colorful one, and like you have that. I remember I, I will never forget that private tree teardrop that you had for a while. Yeah. Like that yeah. stone, like was like I, I still have it in my dreams. <laughs> you know, yeah, um, that was that was a really nice stone. Yeah, um, it was so good. I think what I wanted to add color to the work and that was one way of doing it, you know, starting to search, research and find gemstones. And I wanted large stones as well as lots of smaller stones, lots of different shapes as well. Mm -hmm. um, I found interesting, you know, the square cuts, the cushion cuts with the curves on the edges, the rounds. And I just thought when I first started working with gemstones, I used the um, semi-precious stones. So the citrines that you get in all the different colors, the peridots, the garnets, even agates. Um, but the color was quite important yeah. into the mixing it with gold you know not every color looks good with with gold or with silver mm -hmm. and I just wanted to 
sort of experiment and see how how it worked. Yeah. So I I use a lot of faceted stones that I buy from gem dealers in London or in Kenya where I go. Yeah. How often London. how often do you travel to go for gemstone hunting? Well, I've been I usually go at Christmas time, you know, I pair it up with a trip to somewhere really nice that's warm and and I'm I'm interested. I mean, I have never been to a, a gemstone mine. I'd love to go. Oh, but yeah. I just love going to see the stone sometimes uncut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes I use uncut stones, but it's usually cut faceted stones, all colors. So you pick the you pick the raw, and then they cut it for you. No, I pick. Sometimes I do both. I okay. usually pick the finished cut stone. Yeah, because then you can see exactly what you'll be working with. Um, you know, it's usually got inclusions, lots of things happening inside the stone. Yeah. Um, Which is my favorite. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. All these little things, you know, especially opals, you get lots of inclusions. Yes. They have so much personality. Yes. And they're all different. No two are exactly alike. I mean, it's, you know, so, and then after that, I've started working in diamonds. Mm. Um, colored diamond you know white diamonds that's quite interesting as well the different colors that you can get um, and mm. sapphires I love fancy sapphires the the yellow the canary yellow color or um, you get this oh what's it called um, it's the, the blues it's a a lovely rich blue but not too dark a blue it's a very nice cornflower blue that's yes yeah oh I love the cornflower blue I know which is like it's not something that you see very often no um so you know you've traveled a lot you 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 know uh, you're like a very um MacGyverish on your jewelry in a way but like I know that sustainability is very important for you can you tell me a little bit about the sustainability in your work so sustainability, yes, is very important, especially now with, you know, all the global warming and things. Yeah. So that's why, first of all, I I use all of my materials. Nothing goes to waste. Yeah. Um, I use a lot of recyclable metal, gold and silver. And I also recycle my own metal. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to to do my own finishes so I don't use chemicals for finishing or I hardly use plating but you know some people love plating Mm. but I like to use um the the metal in its sort of natural form the with gemstones I buy gemstones that I know that from the family businesses that I'm working with a lot of them you know the things are mined ethically um and often especially with the more expensive gemstones they come with a certificate yeah or if somebody requests a certificate i can get one mm-hmm. for them um and the the same with the diamonds the colored diamonds and the white diamonds are ethically mine because again that is a small family that i'm buying the stones from 
and they they keep an eye on what's what's going on so yeah so that's that's how i sort of make it more sustainable yeah no i think that's great and and you're you're making your work very traceable in a way yes and i'm not buying things in a huge quantities so i'm i'm everything is handmade in the studio and everything all the stones i usually choose myself so i know where i bought that where that stone comes from um i know what i'm going to do with it all of the metal i buy from one source so i know exactly where it comes from and that's that's how i keep it sustainable really yeah no that that's great it's like every every little thing that we can do to make things better it makes yes. a difference you know it's like we were try- like I know that we're only one person but like if one person is like doing just like one like just trying to make things better and yes. educate other people to make things better you know it's just like it's like a ripple effect so I feel like you know as somebody that I really care about the environment and and you know mm-hmm. I really care where my you know, the, the people that I buy from get their gemstones, Exactly. you know, exactly. it's like, it, it's something that is very important to me. And I know that a lot of people are starting to get more conscious. Like they want to have, like, they want to know that the people that they're buying from have better practices with the miners, exactly with, with the gold and all that. Yes, exactly. And it's, it's important that you know where your raw materials come from. I yeah. think that's very very important. So, yeah, it's just like I feel like a lot. There's a, a there's like a greenwashing movement right now, and I think that we need to lift up the people that are actually doing the things as correct as they right. can. Exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah, I agree with you there. It is, you know, I'm going to sort of continue to do, you know, as long as I'm working and making pieces. It's yeah, it's very important. Yeah, it's it's a matter of like keep improving ourselves and keep educating. Yes, the the people. Um, when if like, do you talk a lot about it when you go to the shows to your customers? Yes, I do. I let people know. I say, you know, for example, these they say, oh, where did you get that emerald, or where yeah. did you get this? And I will explain where I I bought the the stones from Um, and everything also most of my jewelry all of it actually is hallmarked so it tells the customer it was made in London who it was made by the year it was made and it also tells them what the metal is is it 9 carat 14 18 and that's um, really important to have that maker's stamp yeah. So it is traceable. <laughs> exactly. As a as a fan of the SIE office and like I I personally love the hallmarks. They make me so happy every time that I buy from somebody from the UK, just seeing those hallmarks is like, I don't know, it makes me They're happy. Tiny. Yeah, they I, put them on now with um little la- a laser. I know, so, but it's still it's beautiful. It's great. And you know the in 10 years time you can or 50 years 100 you can look at the ring and you can have all that information in a tiny space I know I it's like the you know like the SIE office have that that contest 
every year where they have like you can design something showing the hallmarks yeah, yeah. And i i have a, a um a ring by roxanne gilbert that she, she has like the hallmarks are like on this little half domes and it's like i love the i love yeah. seeing the hallmarks <laughs> no it's they're really good really useful yeah they're they're i think they're they're great and and, and it shows the the commitment that the UK has for the the jewelry making mm, definitely definitely you know yeah. I know I know a lot of people complain that they, huh? yeah it's good for history as well you know people can trace things and they can tell oh my goodness that was made in whatever twenty twenty one or eighteen fifty you know it's 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 good. Yeah, I, I I love it. I it's one of my favorite things. Um, so uh, what do you do you like your customers to feel when they wear your jewelry? Uh, first of all, I like them to feel comfortable. Yeah. Particularly when you're wearing earrings, you know that they're not that that they just feel comfortable in them and the rings, and that they really love the gemstones they you know I get a lot of people buying pieces for anniversaries birthdays weddings engagement rings and you know those are usually pieces of jewelry that people wear all the time yeah so they need to be comfortable they need to be lasting you know nothing too thin that will break easily or just really items that they can enjoy and they can enjoy them with they love the colors of the stones you know for example aquamarines they're so wearable they're strong you can wear them with lots of different colors you know some people like more vibrant colors other people like the pastel colors so it's nice to give people what they they really want yeah that's that's really important i think I I, I, you know, I love it. It's just like I have somebody that wears a lot of jewelry. I want to make sure that it's comfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's the comfort that's the important thing. And then the something that they can really appreciate um, that they just love, love wearing. Yeah. What about you? What's your favorite thing to wear? Um, I wear a yellow sapphire ring mm. and I wear that most days um sometimes i wear it with other pieces so you can stack it together um i take it off when i'm working but i can sort of dress it up or have it on its own and i i wear that a lot um what make you like fell in love with that sapphire well i just love i don't know i think yellow is a color i really like that sort of it's sunshine, it's lively, it's um it goes with most things. Um it's just really nice. It's full of inclusions. I mean, it's not a, a very expensive gemstone, yeah. but it's just I just love wearing it. It's I've yeah. had it for quite a while now. <laughs> I love that. Um so I have uh, a few compulsory questions that I like to ask everybody. Um yeah. What's your favorite gemstone? Oh, my goodness. I have a lot of favorite. I love tourmalines because of the range of colors mm -hmm. from the greens, blues, reds. I love the sapphires. 
blue, yellow. You get them in green as well. I love that. I think each stone has a different quality that's really nice. I mean, the greens, the green tourmalines and the green peridots are very different in color, but they're both nice. They're both special. Yes, it is. That is a difficult. <laughs> I mean, the Paraiba tourmalines, I love. Yes. They're so great. They're really great. I know. Um, Fortunately, they're hard to find. They're hard to find. And yeah, if you find one, wow, it's, you know. Well, that, that one, that teardrop that you have, you had it for a long time, right? I have, yeah. And I took it, oh, I, I sort of kept it for a while. And, you know, a lot of people have seen it. I sort of put it away now. Um, but, you know, I've just, I've been selling more sapphires and diamonds and garnets recently mm. uh, but I also love the citrines you know that you've got golden citrines and then you've got the sort of dark brown mm -hmm. um, citrines as well which are also nice and then mandarin colors very nice range yeah. of colors yeah so, it's just it's just color overall which yeah, you know really nice. and you know <laughs> that I love that <laughs> Yeah, you do it. But they, it's nice because, you know, it's nice to wear gemstones. Yes. yes. Oh, I, I, I do love my gemstones. What can I say? I have a weakness for gemstones for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your favorite metal? 18 and 22 karat gold. Mm, yes. Yellow gold. Yes. Um, I love that. I think yes. they're just, it's lovely to work with that metal, you know. It's soft but hard. You can melt it. You can make it into all sorts of shapes. And, yeah, it's very nice to work with. Love that. Um, what's your favorite technique or tool? Um, my favorite tool, I would say I've got two, really. I love the little needle files. Mm. They're... they're very small, but they come in all shapes. So you've got half rounds, rounds, flat ones. You know, they're really good for getting into tricky places and filing, making the metal nice. I love that. That's love it. Love it. Uh, who's your favorite artist? Doesn't have to be jewelry. can be anybody that inspires you. Oh, gosh, there are a few. So... I love looking at, I don't know, paint. I love looking at work by, let's say, painters, Andy Warhol, mm. um, people like Cezanne. Mm. Uh, there's a, a fabulous um, Ghanaian painter called Lynette Yadam Boakem. Mm. I hope I pronounced that correct. I love her work. It's oh, really? very nice. She does these huge um, portrait paintings and lots of color and uh, beautifully beautifully done in terms of oh there are lots of jewelers that I like I can't really oh no I I you have to be careful with that <laughs> yeah, yeah I like a lot of jewelers yeah <laughs> that's why I I cannot I cannot say who's my favorite jeweler no. because there will be a mutiny no. yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I can't. But there's a lot of work out there that I really like. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of creative. Well, it's like when you go to Goldsmith, you're surrounded by so much incredible work there. Exactly. Yeah, and also all the different metals, and it's amazing all the different techniques that people <laughs> have on display and the finishes and the colors. No, it's it's a really lovely show to take part in. Yeah, no, I I always love seeing you there. But it's just like I always enjoy seeing what each person can create with the same materials. Pretty much, is that it's like it's, oh, do I? <laughs> it's so fascinating that yeah. it's like if you give a person the same two materials, they will come up with like something completely Absolutely different. Different. Yeah, yeah, it's like two painters painting landscape. You know, mm -hmm. so it can be so different, but both can be really nice yeah I love that um what's your favorite thing to listen while you work oh my goodness I listen to all sorts of podcasts from um cooking podcasts <laughs> to cooking podcast <laughs> yeah I do it's really I know it sounds strange but I find it quite relaxing um I, I like their their one or two political podcasts that I listen to because I quite find that quite interesting oh I do um, and I also I listen to a lot of jazz music really what kind yeah. of jazz do you like all sorts of jazz from old sort of jazz to modern jazz really um, yeah interesting I love people like you know Herbie Hancock uh, Miles Davis music <laughs> oh, I love it no I I love it I can totally see you being a jazz enthusiast yeah I, can... I, do, I do like listening yeah. To... yeah um do you have any advice for future jewelry artists oh my goodness um just you know be creative make things that you really want to make work that comes from the heart mm -hmm. and the one thing that I think really helps well it helps me is to draw and sketch mm. a lot because then it helps you to see things maybe in a different way um, you know putting things on paper sketching anything from n natural objects to objects in your studio furniture it does sometimes help you to be creative but I think having lots of sketchbooks and things that you can refer to yeah is is real help do you have you do you always carry a sketchbook with you or I do I have really? a, lot of sketchbooks, a lot of sketchbooks oh, I love that. Not, sometimes I don't sketch but I see something in a magazine and I paste it in or things anything you know like Um, the other day I saw a fabulous pair of shoes and I just <laughs> put that in the notebook. You know, there are things, references that, that inspire you, you. Come back, yeah, for inspiration. Oh, I love that. <laughs> well, I know. It's like, that's why I have like my Pinterest page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's my, my sketchbook. It's just like, I just go in, like I have like, especially shoes and <laughs> trust me yes I love I love shoes I have an, a small addiction with shoes it's like does I, I have jewelry and then shoes it's like my second big addition 
Well, I find sometimes some shoe designs can be really inspirational. Yeah. You know, if you look at look at them. I don't know, it might sound strange, but no. different shapes, you know, could spark a necklace. No, for sure. Or, you know. Is there, you can find inspiration anywhere pretty much. It's just like it's, so. it's how you you make it your own. So that's yeah. that's the, that's the challenge. Yes. And that's, and that's the beauty. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, where can people find you if they want to find, like, look for your work and, um, you know, get to talk to you, maybe commission something? <laughs> well, people can have a look at my website. Um, I have a collection of work. I have work, you know, in in New York and and then in. Portland uh, Twist and different yeah. companies but really on my website there's a list of stockists you can have a look it's disaolsop.com yeah uh, yeah and, and have a look and then and your Insta on Instagram yes um, I usually put pieces up every yeah. week yeah um, so you can have a look at new work or have a look at what's what's current yeah, and it's Disa Allsop dot uh, it's a, a, at Disa Allsop, right? It's not Disa Allsop. At Disa Allsop, yes. Yeah, perfect, awesome. Disa, you're amazing. You are. I always love enjoy talking to you. You're so sweet. I love getting to know a little more about your inspiration. Oh well, thank you so much for interviewing me. It's been really, really great. And you have been a great support all these years. Oh, so, um, it's been wonderful. Well, you know, I'm a fan. You know, of your work. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I um, hope to see you at Melee. <laughs> oh, you will, and then you'll see. Are you going to Goldsmiths? I am. So I'll yes, see September. you there too. Oh, yeah. So that's great. I well, just thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Bye. Thousand Facets is produced and edited by me. Please visit A Thousand Facets on Instagram to see photos of some of the things we spoke about during the interview. Music by Chris Keys. You can find him on Instagram at Chris underscore Keys underscore underscore. Please remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. Cloud